Warning, the following content contains sounds. Some sapiens of Homo have episodic memories with undesired correlation sensations with particular sounds depending upon their mood and personalities. Although many attach their identities with notions and actions, the mockery that is included in here is directed towards the latter two and not the first. Having said that, hello, welcome to Correlation Sensations, a show where I talk about your mother's mammalian protuberances. Yes, yes. Come on down and have a great old time. This is episode number 16. We're now doing Aristotle. I know, God didn't finish Plato's books. Hmm, I wonder why. Quite embarrassed me. Oh, I'm sorry, Gordon. This is the second time I had to interrupt you in the middle of a freaking entrance. Can't you just do it? Just announce it. Hello, episode number 15. This is Aristotle. Don't you understand it? Put the music stop now, damn you. Yeah, perhaps now, after I leave his embarrassing moment there on the webs, yeah, for you to listen to, maybe he'll change what he does, huh? Maybe he'll do something good. And this is the third week without seeing a void. And there seems to be no void sitting next to me. I have no void in my life. Wow. I hope he's okay. Maybe I should talk to uh, Corona, see if uh, he left him alone. Hope he's not holding him hostage. Let me, let me see if I can call him. You okay? Yes. Oh, thank goodness. I thought the corona had you a hostage right now. No, they were just staying home. I maybe had it, but it's way past the time, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I was about ready to find him so I could talk to him again. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we need to show these humans, uh, you know, why we should be rulers of them. We should be able to have diplomacy on the evil beasts, you know? Yeah. So what is going down on podcast? Oh, I'm doing uh, episode number 16. Oh, wow. It's Aristotle. Oh. Yeah. Big, big green guy. Yeah, big, big Greek guy, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't finish Plato's books. And uh, after doing all this research, I kind of wish I'd had. Yeah, so after this section, I might actually have to go back to Plato. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you're, you're okay, that's good. Yes. Yeah, do you, uh, you, you need anything? No, I am good. Oh, that's, that's good, yeah. I yeah. made a roast duck I caught in the yard. Yeah? A roast duck is my favorite. 
I've been only getting... I put it in crockpot. It wouldn't stop squawking. Oh, yeah, you got to whack it in head. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah it, was, it began hopping around the uh, kitchen, the crockpot. What? Yes. Whoa. The crockpot. Kitchen. Uh -huh. Oh, my. Sounds like a good feast. Uh -huh. Made you work for it. Yes, I uh, cut up onions and potatoes and threw it in there all nice and stewy. And then uh, put a bunch of soup in and then I make sure to cut fat because it gets super yucky if you leave too much fat in. Oh, fat's my favorite. I like to lather myself up in it. Goose mm -hmm. mm. fat makes good lube. Yeah, yeah, good lube. Wait, how do you know? What? How did you know, though? Because ducks are fat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever you say. Think you uh, had experimentation? No. I told you, you touch there, you go blind. How many times I have to explain I am already half blind? See? You gotta stop well, touching yourself. That's the issue. What? I don't see that's the issue. Are you sure? Because maybe you touch yourself, that's why you have blind now. I had blind before I could touch myself. What? How is that possible? As a little wee baby. Oh, okay. Now I remember. For a, for, for a moment, you know, I thought uh, you might have, uh, you know hurt your eye, you know, whacked it or something while playing with yourself. Only once I was using duck fat to jack off. Oh, see, I told you, duck fat no good. Made my penis all slip inside. We didn't need to go in that much detail there, buddy. Sorry, I like to be vulgar. Yeah, 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 I see, I see how that go. So, so I think... I think I what found... What have you been talking about to the audience? I, I haven't really talked about much. I just... Just entered... Entered in the recording and then... I started to wonder if you were okay, because it's been a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... That is a very, very long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, oh! I think I found someone. Do you, do you want to try to intimidate this, this, uh, being? Sure. Okay, one second. You go talk to him right now. You wanna talk to him? Yeah, you better talk to him right now. You wanna talk to him? Why not? Because I don't need to talk to anybody. Are you talking to me right now? So? Okay. Hello? This is coronavirus. You sound super brutal. This is correct. You're really giving a humans a uh, one-two punch. Oh yes. This is my best work yet. After exiting the rat species and bat species, I ended up becoming much stronger, you see. Yes, with the uh, pangle. 
Yes. Pangolin. Yes. They tried to the exotic animals and mixed the mixed you up and <laughs> then so jump species to species and now you oh. are the humans. Oh, 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 oh. Well too many people in one place. Oh, oh so great. My plan is almost complete. Fun. Yes, I just bought a lot of stock right now. Oh great. Yes. Oh. Thanks to Gork, he told me it was the best time. Hey, don't you blame me. Shut up, you. I'm talking now. Oh. I'm going to go after all of you. That doesn't sound too good. Maybe to you. But I'm going to cut back on all this toxicity caused by the damn race. Okay, I've had enough of this guy. This guy, big asshole. See? See what I do, people, for you? I beat up Corona, bitch. Yes. Yeah, he was uh, getting pretty evil. Yes. Oh, my. Look at the time. Is he at least paying rent, Gork? Uh, um, uh, maybe? Yeah, yeah, he pay rent right now, yeah. Oh, you have to pay. Hey, you shut up, yo. Um, yeah, maybe I should make him pay rent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You think I shouldn't go out anywhere? Uh, maybe limited time. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't because uh, I don't know where he's been and what he's done to me. Yeah, or what he is lit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, duh. Oh. Maybe that's why I've been having those dreams. Corona? Yes. What are you doing to me? I didn't do anything. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. He said he didn't do anything. I, I trust him. He's a, he's a good guy. Oh, wait. Maybe not. Not so much. No. No, he's a bad guy. I got to edit that one out. Yeah, you're not as stupid as a human who keep going out and doing stuff. I saw a video of lady and saying, why is New York so spread out? And it showed her with her mask off, eating on the subway. Huh. That's interesting. Yes. Maybe maybe we need to ramp up Corona to scare the people more so we can uh, finally control them. I don't know. I've heard they've been meatbagging around a lot and kind of very scary. Yeah. Hey, how about you like the governor of uh, Nebraska, huh? He kind of asshole, but he is doing better, but also still doing bad. It's weird. He's only half-assing it. He looks like a dick. Yes, that is the joke online. Yeah, because his, his head is all, you know, bald. Yes, I wonder if he has a hole on top. I know he spits bullshit out. Yeah, he does. Hey, uh, you want to hear something interesting about Aristotle? Sure, what is it? A Aristotle, you know what he did? What? He had a wife. Uh-huh. And then he had a daughter with that wife. Uh-huh. And you know what the name of that daughter was? What? It was the same name as his own wife. Oh. Why would you do that? That'd be confusing. 
one and two. What? Or maybe he just called his wife his wife. Maybe. And his daughter is his daughter. Maybe. Didn't think about that one. I know several uh, children named after their fathers. Yeah, that'd be interesting too. Unless if they were uh, into that or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I better get back to, uh, you know, reading out the information to the public. All right. Uh, you have, you take care, buddy. You too. Okay, bye. Oh, well, there you have it, people. Yep, coronavirus a big shithead. <clears throat> the year was 384 BCE, and the place was Stagira. Stagira was a small town, once a seaport, located on the northern coast of Greece. In this location, Aristotle's body had oozed out a female sapien of the homo name Phaestus. That, in Phaestus dying, is all I learned about her. The man who put his yuhu into Phaestus was named Nicomachus. Nicomachus was a physician for none other than Amintas II, the king of Macedonia for that time. Besides being a parent to Aristotle, the only thing I found in common between Phaestus and Nicomachus is that they both died when Aristotle was young. That left Aristotle up to be adopted by his own sister and her husband Proxenius of Artanus. I mean, of Atarnus. Atarnius, yeah, Atarnius. Like both his parents, Aristotle being adopted by his brother-in-law wouldn't last long. No, 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 no. When Aristotle turned 17 in 367 BCE, he traveled to Athens, where he would be educated in Plato's Academy. Huh. Looks like I can't get away from this Plato guy. Bastard. Aristotle appealed to Plato to the point where he was under the tutelage of Mr. Plotato Head. Aristotle spent around two decades at this institution. After these two decades, in 347 BCE, Plato had died. Aristotle is believed to have been the next person in line to direct the academy, but for one reason or another, it's not evident he accepted the position. Since there are deviations between many Plato's teachings and the expressed positions by Aristotle, many assume this to be the reason why Aristotle didn't take the helm of Plato's school. Perhaps it was something else. Perhaps Aristotle having connections and influence among a court was the reason why Aristotle didn't take the reins and unleash the kraken of a new era in philosophy at Plato's academy. I'd like you to recall that Aristotle had spent some time with his brother-in-law slash adopted father, who in his title is indicated as being from Atarnius. It's said that that's not the only person who had that location in their name. Aristotle is said to have had a friend named Hermius, king of Atarnius. Hermius and another name Asos in Messiah are said to have invited Aristotle to become a court member. I didn't see a definite acceptance or declination of this invitation. invitation, but I did read that he stayed in Messiah for three years, 
During this day, the dirty ape-man got equated with a female human who went by the name of Pythias. Remember this name, Pythias. She just so happened to be the niece of King Hermius. Also, she became married to Aristotle. And just like Aristotle's mother, Phaestus, Pythias had squished out an offspring, only this time to be described as a female sapien of the homo. This daughter of Aristotle and Pythias was named Pythias. What? Oh, oh my god. I had no idea that was coming up. Must have been complicated performing the old coitus, you know, what I mean with your wife having the same name as her own daughter. And like I said to void, unless if that is your thing. <clears throat> Nearly being 46 Earth revolutions in age. In 338 BCE, Aristotle had traveled back to the geographic region he took his first breath in, Macedonia. This is when there was another male sapien of the Homo, who was a mere 13 Earth revolutions old. You'd never guess what Aristotle did with that boy. Since it's safe to say that a person who spent 20 years on East Plato, because Plato was always on top, Aristotle was bound to start getting on top of some boy and give him brain. Maybe I should have wrote that differently. Well, I started to regret that one. Anywho, the fact that this little boy whom received copious amounts of... There I go again. Why did I write that? God, I should have proofread this crap. The Library of Alexandria in Egypt is a project apparently influenced by this little boy named Alexander the Great. But he wouldn't be named that until later in his life. You know, that makes sense. Son of King Philip II, student of Aristotle, was none other than Alexander the Great. And my primary source, biography.com, has a biography on Alexander the Great if you want to listen to him. I mean, if you want to read about him. In 335 BCE, when Alexander the Great was merely 16, he succeeded his father. He began to conquer from there. Athens, for example, was a place under the egg whites in the yoke of the fresh, fresh 16-year-old boy. That's what I get for drinking the toilet water then trying to type. Should have uh, not done that. Aristotle decided to travel there, where Plato's old school was being ran by none other than Xenocrates. You remember him? Me neither. That's because I never covered Xenocrates. I guess he wasn't important enough. My primary source, source number one, communicated that the belief held by many a human is that Plato's philosophical treatises and such were the prevailing thoughts sought after in Athens. Since Aristotle did a magnificent job with Alexander the Great, Aristotle did the only thing that a man of his particular skill set could do. Around the age of 49 years of age, yeah, in 335 BCE, Aristotle had two larger moments in his life. First, Aristotle opened up his own dogma shop named Lyceum, and his wife Pythias died. Bye-bye, Pythias. <laughs> now Aristotle doesn't have to bang someone with the same name of his own daughter. It's indicated that Aristotle proceeded shortly after to inseminate another female. Oh, see, I told you he was dirty. 
She is assumed by some in the human academic community to have been a slave at one point by Aristotle, and Aristotle freed her, only to lock her up in another commitment. <laughs> I wonder how his first wife died. Hmm. I see an obvious motive for one, the other, or both of the two to have had the piteous oft. Meh, probably nothing. Back to Aristotle's personal career. It's thought that this ape man spent so much time teaching his students while walking, he gave him the nickname Peripatetics. Yep, that's exactly how he said Peripatetics. No, don't believe me, look it up. Which means people who traveled about. Whoa, very clever there. It was probably just a common name to uh, give to people who travel around a lot in the Greece. Back to topic. At Elysium, people had to perform research on a rather large array of topics for the time that that school was up and running. The topics were general science, politics, philosophy, and math, or all ones specified to be of major concern. Been a lot of odd sounds coming from outside. Spooky. Where was I? Okay, and then there are also topics that were not specified by my primary source. Some data in regards to Lyceum students, whom are also referred to as members, are indicated to document their findings, i.e. positions on topics, allowing for a large compilation, leading to many humans to believe that the Library of Lyceum was one of the first great libraries. Good job, Aristotle. Well, that would be one to leave on the little memory marks on history. About ready to be erased. I mean, well, I better get that one too. Like Aristotle's parents and his first wife, Aristotle's teaching days didn't last forever. No, no, no. In 323 BCE, Alexander the Great died. A message conveyed is that his life was ended suddenly. That will be the last we speak of that one. It didn't help to have taught one of the world's most conquering individuals Earth has ever seen to be in that city. Nope. This is evident when, uh, much like Socrates, Aristotle was tried and charged with impiety. So that's exactly why Aristotle had to quit teaching. In order to evade the short arm of the law, Aristotle ran away from his death in Athens in order to end up in a causes on an island named Eboia. I don't know how you pronounce that one, but that's what it is, Eboia. E-U-B-O-E-A. You give it a shot, huh? Again, that is E-U-B-O-E-A. Eboia. He may have escaped execution in 323 BCE, but in 322 BCE, Aristotle had some bad gas issues. Void may think that my flatulence is bad, but according to my source, it's not as bad as Aristotle's because Aristotle, he had died because of his gut. But it's all good because this simple ape man became immortal until we rid their species of their history and put them in vats and drank their brainwaves. <laughs> Can't wait. Get that primal rage going. 
It is said that the next 100 Earth revolutions found Aristotle's teaching out of circulation until the first century common era. Over seven centuries from there are communicated to have been heavily influenced by Aristotle's philosophy. Philosophy which had oozed out of Aristotle as a vector is still something held in high regard today. Thanks to Empedocles, Pythagoras, Hippocrates, Socrates, Plato, and several unknown people who all played a role in making these moments of questioning feeble logic well known, even though I find many a people failing to reflect as much as I had hoped to have witnessed. All the way from the slaves to the rulers of humanity made the moments which gave birth to the memories that faintly echo in documents, which are also subject to being a tool for fibbing from people to have, uh, you know, used their own subjective perceptions and uh, subjective communication skills. Debates have and are said to still continue today. I can't wait to get into this juicy cream pie of thought on the mind of humans. Although Biography.com separated Aristotle's writings from Aristotle's legacy, I'd like to claim that the actual evidence of their past would be the most highly valued asset known regarding some of the earliest publicly known documents for philosophy. I have a feeling that since scholars were buried and files were burnt all over the place, just like the old dynasties being switched out with the new ones in China and Egypt, blah blah blah, and what have you, there's a great deal of the past we will never know. So let's focus on something tangible, huh? Somewhere in the proximity of the number 200 is the number of books that were published by this one named Aristotle. As one could easily assume, reasoning, rhetoric, ethics, politics, science, and last but certainly not least, psychology were topics conveyed in Aristotle's works. The narrative of how these works survived is that a student named Theophrastus kept a watchful eye for vandalists Hooliganous thieves, like the ones going around about now. Then Theophrastus passed them down to his favorite student, Nelius. Nelius was believed to have stored them in a vault for protection from the environment, only to be later transported to Rome for their academic people to study them. Although there are so many claimed works from Aristotle, only 31 are indicated as being in circulation today. Wonder what happened to the other 169. Whoa, 69. Like that one. If you thought Plato wasn't long, hard, and highly subjective, I wonder what mighty trinkets one will find amongst all these 31 articles. Oh, get ready for another long ride. This time I'm going to complete it. And then I'm going to go back to Plato and smash him and mold him into whatever shape I want. It is said that most of these 31 scripts that are, you know, in circulation have been communicated to have been dated around the time Aristotle had spent at his academy, Lyceum. Let's go on to some of the topics in more detail. For instance, poetics. Whoa. Aristotle took his time to analyze poetry, which hardly qualifies this area as scientific in my mind, but Biography.com did. Genres of poetry hailed to have been what Aristotle worked on are tragedy and epic poetry. I'll show you epic poetry. <clears throat> Everyone dies, so will you. Hey, that's enough, you bastard. I'm not done. Dropping like flies. This is true. Hey, that's not good. You better stop. 
over 2.813 mil by 503 for the 2017 in this US alone. So what if I kill one tenth of that here while you bitch and moan? That is enough, you nasty asshole hype. Fine, everybody's a critic. Coming from someone who's a critic of the population, it's apparently overflowing. From studying these papers of Aristotle in regards to this topic of poetics, it's thought that Aristotle laid claim to the concept that rhythm and harmony with the use of imitative language brought a reflection on events and objects in reality. This is much different than Plato, remember? Yeah, you remember. If not, go back. I start from one, episode two, episode three, la 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 la. Don't care if you're not interested. This will make it interesting. Within this book on poetics, Aristotle had focused on poetry by diving into the foundation of telling stories, where the storyline, plot, and development of characters came into play, like a wonderful blossoming flower. Ooh. That's enough of poetics, finally. Then we have something just as ridiculous. Ethics. Yes, yes, there are two types of ethic books that they have. One is Nicomachean Ethics, and the other one is Eudemian. Eudemian Ethics, yeah. Some have postulated that the name of Nicomachean is the title of this ethics section only because it refers to Aristotle's son. Wait, Biography.com didn't say anything about his son. And which, which wife did he have it from? Hmm? There's some information you left out, bastards. Anywho. Nicomachus is also the name of Aristotle's father. Okie dokie, I thought you could be a little more creative than that. These ethics are uh, what Aristotle's perception was for moral conduct communicated to be needed in order to achieve quote-unquote good living. In the quote-unquote good life, some of the rules were indicated as being contradictory to some of the more conservative rules on logic due to how cognitive dissonance occurs from real-life conflict. This reason given bridged over to explain why one has the ability to cautiously reason in formulating their judgment and is encouraged to do so by Aristotle. Then for Eudemian ethics, there's not much said for it. Another treatise going into ethics where it also goes into a code of conduct for the production of quote-unquote good living. That's all Biography.com said about that. I'm starting to think I should have looked up more sources, hmm? These mentioned documents above are presumed to direct a person towards happiness. The most optimum way of living life would bring about the quote-unquote supreme good for man, which is the pursuit of happiness. Chasing a wild goose in the pursuit of happiness is the way one will achieve happiness. Because happiness isn't a state of mind, but the path one takes to get there. At first, one may easily view this as contradictory to the concept of happiness isn't a destination, but a state of being. I'd argue that the both are true and don't conflict at all, but is merely a different viewpoint one has towards happiness. As an activity, one must work towards the state of being. The happiness itself isn't the end goal of some subjective perception of success, no, 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 but rather something someone has to work on to generate their own happiness in their mind to by traveling through the thought processes 
to start the neurological pathways in their brain which allows a person to be in the state of happiness. Being lost in the moments they are doing while time flies by is the most great thing I would think of to be happiness. And that is what I say about that. Developing the habits which allow one to direct their perspective on topics with a steady reasoning process with these ethical standards according to Aristotle's work are what one must live their life by. I would like to say something though, how ridiculous it is, because if I know how unsettling something is to me, even if it isn't unsettling to you, I would claim that it ultimately leads to your unhappiness, pah, poppycock. This involves keeping unfortunate occurrences everyone has in their life in a type of logical alteration of the negative feeling into something that is a moment to thrive off of, rather than becoming crippled by it or defined by it. This is something I have a feeling on, and which I think many do not do, because I've seen many people live their life in a self-destructive manner and outwardly taking it out on other people to spread it like another damn virus. Now, in philosophy, Plato had a golden mean. It's like a scale one is uses to balance and to understand the weight of what someone is valuing in their mind. One must approach an ethical dilemma to live between the realm of excess and deficiency. This balance is used to, used to achieve happiness. Oh, goody goody, ethic man. Then, like all these old people, we have to have something on metaphysics. Yeah, 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 there's a book with the title Metaphysics by Aristotle. Where Aristotle defined the difference between the matter and form. The physical substance of things is matter, while the identity of objects was defined as the unique nature called form. I don't know why it's called metaphysics, because this is like subatomic realm things, you know, and how they describe how matter works. But uh, just, you know, think of how form of water shows the nature of water when there are uh, different excitation levels being communicated amongst the little building blocks of reality. One thing I'd add is that the nature uh, is a matter itself because, you know, the matter has its own nature because of how they're arranged. And then the identity is the form of the substance. You know, ice is your identity until you change form, which would then have the identity of either, you know, liquid water or gas, my favorite. Now we're going to go on to crap. Politics, yes, crap. Human behavior in relation to the governing body and society as a whole is the direction Aristotle took in referencing politics. Rather than thinking that an individual is responsible on achieving their own pursuit of happiness, Aristotle is charged with claiming that the government's responsibility is to do that. Well, thank you, big daddy government. If that were true, then you better start plugging in your brains to the interwebs and having computer chip implants so you can be readily receiving data regarding people you look right at. Prior to seeing the current development of a person that is currently in front of you, you will easily be able to dismiss that person for a narrative of their past without any need to allow further data accumulation on that person. Oh yes, all data will be collected. Nothing will ever go wrong in the man-made world. No, 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 never ever. The social pressure will be high too. When the monetary bill's eye becomes your own for Big Papa Daddy government to control you, you will then 
be really worried about what you do and how you do it. Now wouldn't you want me, Bigger Papa Cork, to be your supreme friend? Yes. That's right. Much like Plato's Book of Books. The Republic. This work goes into the reason why civilization is achieved. The role of each person based on civilian wealth and class system is included as well, specifically politicians and civilians, along with the purpose of the types of government systems. The roles of slavery in females among the species called the sapiens of the Homo. Oh, he let the females in one category. They have the class of females, yep. Then we go into rhetoric. Nice rhetoric. There was the reflection on the use of rhetoric in theories regarding a more concise way to speak for humanity. Unfortunately, I view how ambiguous a large number of people communicate today, and my head fills with woe until I use some moral ethics to see the place I am in my life. I have the capability to speak my mind, and the brainwash the masses. <laughs> oh, goddammit, I cut myself again. Better get that one. What time is it? Oh, yeah, right there. I'll get it, yeah. Just like Plato, Aristotle had the thought infection of how quote-unquote good rhetoric is used to have a full-fledged debate going over the benefits and undesired outcomes from actions that had happened and were hypothetical. Even though the idea of desired outcomes is subjective due to individual preferences, I claim that a thorough observation of two sides to a situation, whether political or judicial, is the best way to see the truth, the best path in learning experience from the activities amongst the people. Now, there is a formula on how to construct a good argument inside of Aristotle's work on rhetoric. In the types of reasoning some consider fallacious reasoning, one must avoid. One example of this fallacious reasoning is something such as generalizing from a single example. I commonly witness this every day. You know who you do it with. You know exactly what you do. You generalize. You say, oh, because this person did this one thing. Must be their thing. That's how I remember them. Yep. So primitive. Jeez. I would like to take a step further and indicate that using averages and probability to assume one thing or another is neglecting the focus on how each situation, no matter how similar uh, to others, is of its own. That's that for rhetoric. Then he has a section for prior analytics. In Aristotle's book titled Prior Analytics, the author reasons by means of some syllogism load evident in this quote. Here is the quote. A discourse in which certain things have been supposed, something different from the things supposed results of necessity because these things are so. End quote. The relationship between subjects with a type of reasoning by means of exclusive and inclusive relations between two or more of these subjects. Prior analytics uses the relationship between subjects with a type of reasoning by meaning of exclusive and inclusive traits between these two subjects or more subjects. Two or more subjects. It's expressed at this time that some sort of a reasoning of this type was what allowed to give birth to what are called Venn diagrams. Nice one. 
More on logic by Aristotle. A couple of other writings that are known for regarding logic are named On Interpretation and Posterior Analytics. Woo! I'd like to do some analyzing with her posterior if you'll know what I mean. Some sort of system was concocted by Aristotle to be used for creating sound arguments with her reasoning system. Then there's a section on Aristotle and science. There's a book called On the Heavens which was composed by Aristotle regarding astronomy. For earthly science, there was a book titled Meteorology. Unlike today's unintricate and infantile form of meteorology, Aristotle had a quote in his book defining meteorology in his fashion. Quote, All the affections we may call common to air and water, in the kinds of parts of the earth, in the affections of its parts. End quote. This well defines how weather forecasting could use sensors regarding pressure, temperature, content of air samples, and direction of the gases on every street corner, which can help aid some of the issues with the feebly tracking weather. The water cycles, natural disasters, and parts of the heavens which crash into the planet are all discussed in this book on meteorology. So far ahead of his time, Aristotle was that his perceptions weren't adopted by the majority of any section of scholars outside of his own school until the late portion of the Middle Ages. Now we do Aristotle in Psychology. A book titled On the Soul holds an attempt to examine the psyche of humans. Conveyed on by my primary source is the claim that the writings of Aristotle which go into how people perceive the world is something that are used as a foundation for many principles on psychology today. As of like April the 5th, 2020. Then we go into a philosophy. Describing objects based on observable actions, such as their being and characteristics, was a manner of reasoning Aristotle had wanted to have people to use universally in order to come to an understanding about every aspect of reality. I would call this a conceptual continuity examination. Along with the beast of logic, the use of inference and deduction to capture data regarding a subject, income and quote, in an attempt to justify inference, quote, when certain things are laid down, something else follows out of necessity in virtue of their being, so, end quote. I'd like to say a person uh, can cut down a tree with a chainsaw with the two angles in order to direct the tree's fall, but when the right amount of applied forces intervenes with the assumed location of a fall, this concept of using deduction and inference sounds oversimplified. One may put food in their mouth, but if an obstruction was placed along the digestive tract from a previous consumption session, then I doubt the food will come out the way the person would assume so if they just watched the person put that food in their mouth. Now, last but not least, the section of biology. Yes, he did biology. Since Aristotle lacked the use of a more updated model for scientific method, he isn't called a scientist by standards of many in academia today. I'd like to argue that someone who happened to think that knowledge is obtained by interacting with objects is something that qualifies as a scientist. But uh, who am I? I am just a poor lonely gork without his void. I have no void in my life. These objects were concluded by Aristotle to have natural potential and the outcome occurs after the impact of one circumstance or more has on an object, even including the perception of human, of a human, 
and their biases via personal associations manipulate our ability to understand these objects. Yes, he didn't use ratios of a set populace based on average demographics in order to control various settings and trials to deduce the cause of a scenario for a seemingly infinite number of items, but he did realize that everything was of its own, and that your association with this object can blind you from that unless if you keep an open mind. A discredited attempt to classify animals based on similar characteristics was also part of Aristotle's life. Rather than the use of vertebrates and invertebrates, one categorization Aristotle used was species with red blood and species that didn't have blood at all. Whoa, well, hold on there, buddy. Most of the animals with red blood are known as vertebrates, and the ones called bloodless were labeled as cephalopods. This was something that did take a hold on for hundreds of years, even though it's considered a feeble attempt to classify the animal kingdom. So, rather than using his more viable topics that he spoke about in a much more logical manner, the majority of people at the time adopted this ridiculous categorization method he used in biology. Thank you very much. Yes. What a common theme amongst the humans. While everyone is wrong about something, at least one thing for everybody. That means you, who thinks that you don't do things wrong. Yeah, you, right now, you do things wrong. I know you do, because you're human. <laughs> Aristotle also did something right. Yes. On top of the other things, for instance, the studies performed by Aristotle and on marine biology brought about a seemingly more accurate depiction. <clears throat> That's all Source 1 actually said about that. Hmm, they didn't give me much, and I only use one source, that's right. We're gonna do part two, where we go into more detail on all these little writings and what, which ones I want to use. Until next time, I leave in peace. Be safe, and don't go anywhere. It's crazy. Bye.
transformed neurological connections. Prenatal atmospheres made it clear it's part of your perceptions. Want to keep this fact in the mind of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah.